Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, this is Todd Dammit Kearns from Slash featuring Miles K and the Conspirators, Bruce Kulick, and so much more. And you are listening to the hottest podcast in the land, Shout It Out Loud Cast, with Tom and Zeus. Oh, boy. Here we go. Boy. Stop pressing the button. Star Simmons. Star? Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh no, here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. Alright. I'm gonna grab me a nice cold mellow Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Because the fuck you do? Hey, fucko. Do you like kiss? Settle down. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 187. Mailbag. Four, because it's one eight seven on a motherfucking cop. Oh wait, is it undercover cop? Sorry, undercover cop. Uh, what's that? I just felt like making it like that. It's episode one eight seven. Well, and now I'm like, why are you singing that? Because it didn't even occur to me. Because I got mush brains right now. God, you ruined my one eight seven on an undercover cop. <laughs> what's the other big line he always says? G's up, hose down while your motherfuckers bounce to this. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. wait, Who's going to be the first one to pick Snoop for ARC? Oh, great album. Oh, hell yeah. Tom, you know what this noise is? People out there? Oh, go play it. I can't hear it. That's the noise of my new shredder, Tom. There is nothing more sexy to an attorney than a shredder that works. Wow. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a shredder. It's a shredder. Okay. Shredder. I now got we're gonna myself. Make, now, now we're going to make fun of Fenway ourselves. I went to Park and went to, and got Noma to help me out, build up, put the shredder in my car. Noma Gassiapara. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, I'm all excited. I have a new shredder. Yes, I'm very happy to be here. Yes, exactly. All right. Man. All right. Well, Tom, we got something uh, new and exciting here over at Shout It Out Loudcast. We do. 
Yes, we do. What is it? All righty. <laughs> Sound like a game show. Well, come on down. Uh, so everybody out there, I hope you guys know our buddy and awesome Patreon. I think he may have been the second or third person they joined. And that is Tony Barone. Yeah, my fellow Rush fan. Oh, poor Tony. Every time it comes up, are you guys going to do Rush? You guys gonna and Rage Rush? and Rage Against the Machine. So, yeah, Tony. Tony is an awesome accountant. Yes. And he's had his own business for like, I think, like 30 years. So he's like me, small business guy. Uh, I've had my law practice for 21 years, I believe. I got it in 2001. Yeah, yeah, about that time. And uh, Tony is decided to advertise with us. Yes. So we have a new sponsor, and it's ABCPA Inc. And they are going to be sponsoring our poll. And before we go forwards, we always go backwards. Well, now we're going to go with ABCPA Inc. And I'm going to read you something here and let you guys know about it. And uh, we'll go from there. ABCPA Inc. is an accountant firm located in the suburbs of Chicago that can assist you with all your accountant and tax needs. For businesses, they offer bookkeeping, financial statements, payroll processing, payroll tax returns, sales tax returns, filing federal and state income tax returns, and help with starting your own business as well. For individuals, they offer help with sole proprietorships, rental real estate, trust in the state tax returns, and filing personal and federal state income tax returns. They have access to all 50 states. So whether you live in New York or California, ABCPA Inc. can prepare and e-file on your behalf. Did you know, Kiss Army, if you own a business with employees and have had a 20% reduction of revenue than you did in 2019 because of COVID or state-mandated shutdowns, you might be entitled to an additional tax credits. Follow them on Facebook, LinkedIn. Visit them on their website. ABCPAinc.com. That's ABCPAinc.com. You can email Tony with questions. Tony at ABCPAinc.com. That's Tony at ABCPAinc.com. Or you can call them at 708-430-3232. Again, 708. 708- Four three zero three two three two. Yeah, ABCPA Inc. <laughs> now, uh, we just want to give him a little bit more of a shout out here. It's his first time he's advertising with us. So I, I, I know this. I've talked to Tony a bunch of times as a small business guy. If I have, even not even as a business guy, if I have a good accountant, a good lawyer, a good mechanic, a good, uh, I don't know, what's another one that you want to have? Um, plumber. Electrician. Plumber, electrician. Contractor. Anything you, like that. You hold on to those for dear life. Yep. You're almost sometimes like reluctant to give them out. Well, Tony is that kind of guy. Um, he's been doing this for 30 years. He knows his stuff inside out. And the best part about it is 
you know, whether you live in New Hampshire or you have a business in New Mexico, he can handle it all. Yep. And I didn't know about the whole thing about the uh, COVID stuff, about if your business actually made less because of COVID, because of state mandated shutdowns, you can get up to a 20% reduction. That's fucking huge for some businesses. Mm-hmm. I know exciting talk on Shout It Out Loudcast, but a lot of people out here uh, have small businesses. And to have somebody you can trust to do this stuff, to me, oh, that stuff is worth its weight in gold. Especially when it's somebody like Tony. Great guy. We love Tony. Um, so, of course, check him out. Yeah. ABCPA Inc. Absolutely. Yeah. We love La- you, Tony. Yeah. And the last thing is support your fellow Loudcaster and Kiss Army guy. I can tell you this. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to get way more personal service if you then you go to like H&R Block or something like that. And it's cheaper. And you're giving business to a fellow loudcaster and Kiss Army and a good guy. So of course. I hope you guys will support ABCPA Inc. And you check them out. If you have any questions, you know, reach out to Tony. We gave you the number and the address. You know, this is a podcast. You can always just flip, go back and listen to it. That's right. Yep. We love you, Tony. Yes. Yeah. So with that being said, let's get into the poll. So last week we did our member profile episode on Bruce Kulik. And we said, which of these four songs is your favorite Bruce performance? Of course, people scroll through Twitter and they just vote on their favorite song. But that's okay. So we picked Unholy, Forever, Tears of Fallen, and No, No, No. It was tight for a while, but Unholy took took the uh, the crown there, 38%. Tears are falling at 33 forever. Surprisingly, only at 22 and then no, no, no at seven because not enough people know how awesome. No, no, no is a couple comments here. The other Steve Dadisco tears are falling for me. Great solo, but it's the clip playing that great solo wearing those awful clothes soaking wet and still looking cool as fuck. Yeah, Bruce. Oh, heavy Mayo. Yep. I chose forever because it's pussy music and that's my bang zone. And then our buddy, I love it loud, are right there with you, big guy. All right, get a room, the two of you. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and then our friends over at Right Between the Eyes podcast, another great kiss podcast. Check those guys out, Right Between the Eyes podcast. They're on Twitter also and Facebook. Uh, they said, unholy, tough choice. But Gene said Bruce stopped playing with his mind and started playing with his, well, you know. Uh, King Kusano in between drunk texts decided to jump in, (laughs) (laughs) decided to jump in said, this is one of the hardest polls I ever seen. (laughs) I had to go with forever because it sounds unlike any solo he's done. Yeah, Bruce. Uh, let's see our buddy Stevie Flythe. Also great podcast on the flight. I'm going with forever. Tears of Fallen is a close second. The solo on forever is epic. Yes. Oh, and then our friend Hot Hot Hotter Than Piss <laughs> says also, I love Let's Put the Piss in Sex. It's a ripping solo. <laughs> Jesus, what's the matter with us? A lot of write in votes for No, 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 which is uh, very interesting. Okay. Bobby Williams says the guitar solo in Forever is by far Bruce's finest work with Kiss. Yeah, it's tough to argue with that. It's a great one. Uh, so there's the Twitter poll results. Zeus, you got something? Yeah, so we did also on Instagram, I posed the question because I'm just curious and I wanted to change it up a little bit. Who is the best replacement in KISS? Eric Carr, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulik, or Eric Singer? 
And uh, the answer was Bruce Kulick with 49%. Eric Carr came in at 34. Eric Singer at 12. That's way more than I thought he'd have. Yeah. Vinny came in at five. Oh, come on, Vinny. Yeah. Um, I don't know why Vinny got so low, but yeah, that's nice. uh, that's what I got off the Instagram poll. Okay. Uh, so we'll go back to Twitter. Just some episode specific comments here. Uh, our buddy Dizzy Dean's picket fence teeth chimed in. <laughs> uh, he said, I love the 80s TV MILF talk. It got me hot in the pants thinking about Night Court's Marky Post. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, but a, gr- that's Mark- a great call. Marky Post was like late 20s, early 30s on that show. Yeah, but she had like that MILF old lady 80s hair. Dude, we were talking about like Joan Bombs Collins and fucking all those other hot chicks from those primetime shows. Joan Collins. Oh, super MILF. (laughs) Back then in the old days. That video, when we did that TV clip of of, uh, the with the with the the groupies with Paul and Jean on Oprah. You're thinking ooh, ooh, ooh. of Jackie Collins. No, I I know. That's what I was going to say. But Jack, Jackie but, Monticello? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they both blaze. But Jackie, yeah, Jackie's the super smoke show. But Joan, oof. Yeah, oh, all them back then in those days and all those primetime soaps. Dude, Linda oh. Evans. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> ooh, like 50 back then when you're like 12 years old. Going, Dude, one, oh. of the, one of the smokiness was Stephanie Powers. Remember Heart to Heart? Oh, yes. And there was the other one that was on, I think it was, um, Di- yeah, it was on Dynasty. The yeah. other one, and she was an English woman, Stephanie Beecham. Okay. Smoking. She was in a fucking sitcom with fucking Jason Priestley. Before oh, he went on 90210. What the hell show like, was that? It was called like Sister Kate, and she was like a nun. Oh, yes. Like dirty, friggin' sexy like, I'm nun. I'm like, shit. dude, I saw her on that other show. Like, I'm like, this is not right. I shouldn't be thinking of this. Oh, oh I thought you were going to tell me she was in Herman's head. Remember that? <laughs> you to say, like, like Ali G. Like, why are all nuns? <laughs> what do you say? Sister. Yeah, because Sister Fista. <laughs> Ain't it hypocritical that so many nuns also work part-time as strippers? Well, I don't think you can <laughs> demonstrate that statistically Yo, that's wh- an absurd statement that you've just made <laughs> no it ain't i has been at my mate ricky c's 21st and there was this nun that came in oh, and like, this like 10 so, minutes later she had a bubble on out with so you just said you ju- but you just said so many nuns work as strippers and then you said this <laughs> one well, she, she could have said been. her name was sister fister what are the dude if you if you guys don't know what ollie g is there's a whole generation of people that only think Sasha Baron Cohen is Borat. Go back and the, watch the Ali G show. The HBO pop. Oh, my God. Would you, <laughs> as a gesture, marry her? What if she were more fitter? <laughs> Big fat lady just looking dumpy. Would you, as a gesture of bringing us together, marry her? There are other ways of bringing us together than marriage. What if she was a bit fitter? Would you consider marrying her then? 
dude, the friggin' the, the thing with the nuns. Oh, why, why are they all strippers? No, nothing's better than the fucking. I'm here with the main man, the geezer, Boutros, Boutros, Boutros. Golly! Oh, then when he goes to the UN and he sees the 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 the. The Jordan. chair for Jordan. Well, why has Jordan got his own table? No, no, no. It's the country of Jordan. This oh. is Disneyland in the yeah. UN. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Oh, see, this is what happens. These mailbag episodes, we haven't even started yet. We're off, already off the rails. Yes. All right. Yes. Real quick. Let's finish. Let's finish up some Twitter stuff. Right. Der- Derek Rolando says Bruce really was the best guitarist the band had. Ace was the original, but 70s Kiss and 80s Kiss are two different bands. I always loved how Bruce treated Ace's solos respectfully when it came to his leads. Masterful, tuneful, and he rips. Nice. Yeah. And who doesn't love Bruce? We've met him. I mean, we've had him on the show. He's great. We love him. Um, so there's some Twitter stuff. All right, Tom, over on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Jason Warden, Bruce Kulik, one of the good guys and up there with my favorite members of the band, along with Gene and Paul back in the day, had to get a pair of British Knights shoes. Oh God. He, BK. Yeah. Because he always wore the t-shirt. Won't oh. give a top 10, but love the ones you mentioned. My number one unholy drums leading into the solo is my ringtone. Thanks for giving Bruce his due. Nice. Josh Brown. Always say that Bruce was the best guitar player after Ace, but Bruce was in my favorite lineup of Kiss. So I'm torn where I'd place him in my top members. I can't wait to hear the episode, guys. Nice. John Causes. Great episode, guys. As soon as I saw this week's episode, I almost had a heart attack. I am the biggest fanboy of Bruce Kulick, and I agree. With Chris Jericho, he is the best Kiss guitarist. Brought his own style and added to what was there by his predecessors. Not sure if you know, but there's an auction group he frequently on, which I watched just for Bruce jamming on it. Bruce is so great with his fans and a really nice guy. I hope he comes on the show someday soon. Well, you never know, buddy. Yep. Ryan Michael Scott Spencer Cook. I really enjoy the Kiss member episodes. Never thought of it, but I agree with you guys. Bruce is the best replacement. He's the unsung hero of the 80s albums. If he did return with Ace's makeup, do you guys think the fans, especially the K-word, would have turned on him, starting calling him fake Ace? Also, do you think their set list would have included more songs of Bruce's era? Great episode as always. Well, since this is a mailbag issue, I'll kind of answer you now. Uh, I think that uh, fans would not call him fake ace because I think Bruce has always been loved. And Bruce, I I don't think uh, people would see it as him stealing Ace's spot, but rather jumping in to help since Ace can't be there versus Tommy. They think of as like an opportunist or something and not paying his dues like Bruce. That's how I see it. Uh, would they have played more of Bruce's songs from this era? I would hope so. I, I would I would think they would. Like, Forever would be in the lineup and, and other songs like that. Yeah, I think so. The reason it would never work is Ace had his own identity and era in the band. Bruce had his own identity and era of the band. Tommy was never in Kiss. So he just came in as the new spaceman. 
Bruce dressing up as Ace would be as stupid as Mark St. John dressing up as friggin' Paul Stanley or something. It, it's they had their own identity. Tommy could pull it off, even though we out we talk about the issues that we may may or may not have with it. He never had a prior kiss identity. Bruce did. Bruce was Bruce Kulik in the 80s. So for all of a sudden him to be the spaceman, it'd be like, that's stupid. I don't think that would I think that would be worse than Tommy putting on the ace makeup. Could could have a point. That's yeah. why we have a podcast. To talk That's about, right. Baby. That's right, babe. That's right. Uh, Brad Beard. Great cast. Tom and Zeus love the appreciation for Bruce. To me, he's the unsung hero of our band. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and then, Tom, we got this. Oh, no. Think of family here, people, and listen. Shout it out loud, Cast is the greatest kiss podcast in the world. And Tom and Zeus are awesome. Especially that Tom. He really gets thinking Stanley. Especially that Tom. He really gets thinking Stanley, Tom. Is that a positive thing? Thinking Stanley here. <laughs> I, I see now I'm like, oh God, we have to stop talking about it because now he's now he's attaching my name to Sinkin' Stanley. Yikes. You are the Sinkin' Stanley. God, cult I'm the member. Yeah, I'm the groupie. I'm the sinking cult. That's me, baby. Now remember, if you guys really like him, let's throw him a bone. I think he has t-shirts now. You can oh buy. my god, he does. Yes. I'll tell you what, Tim. You give me and Zeus free t-shirts no, and no, we'll wear no. them on the cruise no, and no, advertise sinking Stanley. No, I will not. I will. <laughs> I will. I will because I, I want to see. I want to see how many KTs come after me. Oh my God. If you wear that on the ship, I guarantee you somebody will come. Security will tell you to take it off. Ooh. There's no way Paul doesn't hear about it. Ooh. You you realize it's now gonna happen. Dude, I'm <laughs> not spending thousands of dollars <laughs> to get thrown off to wear Tim's fucking shirt. <laughs> How was the cruise? It was pretty good until Tom got escorted off the coast of Mexico in a rowboat because he had a sinking Stanley t-shirt on. <laughs> a what? Thinking Stanley. Thinking Stanley. <laughs> oh, what? Did you get caught throwing, spraying the fucking elevators with uh, liquid ass again? Nope, no, worse. I, no, I was wearing a sinking Stanley shirt. <laughs> Honestly, you're right. That's a more egregious offense. That is a, that right, that is a, You'd get bounced off the cruise, I bet, if somebody oh, saw you wearing I that. To, I think that should be this episode's bowl. <laughs> Would Tom get thrown <laughs> off the cruise if he wore a sinking Stanley T-shirt? What do you, you know? Think? What you, you know what the problem is with all this is that you've talked about this before on our Festivus episodes. Yeah, the humorless Kiss fans. Nobody has a. I mean, it's a fucking stupid joke we love kiss we love paul but everyone's like oh you can't do that and everybody pisses and moans and you're right and i'll be thrown off the boat so i always kind of liken our show to having being in two worlds like the loudcaster world gets yeah. it yes and on our loudcasters page unfortunately it's getting a little too popular so we're getting other people like oh kiss they must love kiss and all of a sudden <laughs> There'll be like a picture of someone enlarging Ace's nose or or something like stupid. That. Like, I'm like, I thought this was a kiss, like, or people getting upset, or you know, what we just talked about, whole drama with that shit. It, 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 people like don't want to see sinking Stanley shit, some people. So when you get outside the loudcaster stuff, people they lose their sense. It's okay to like 
have Tim Bream on to do his, his shtick and stuff in here and there. That's fine. But, you know, to uh, uh, you know, a certain degree, I would say. So, you know, because he does his thing and uh, sometimes it goes a little overboard. Yeah, we don't put all his shit on. But what would you do if you, we were on the cruise and you saw somebody wearing a sink and Stanley shirt? I would laugh. I would, I would laugh. I would probably piss my pants laughing <laughs> B, a, for two reasons. A, I can't believe they're wearing that. And B, I can't believe the amount of people they're going to piss off by wearing that. Oh, and that makes me laugh because people need to get a goddamn sense of humor. I I think we need to get a fucking fund together Uh-oh. to pay you money. How much we could pay you to wear the sinking Stanley shirt to the Paul Stanley pajama party. Oh, no, that I, I don't I wouldn't. I don't know that that's I think that's even dude, pushing it for me. Dude, could you imagine if Paul's like talking and you could see him kind of get distracted? Do you guys have any, anybody have any questions? Uh, think it's Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I it's, love Paul. He's the fucking of course, man, I, right? of course we love Paul. But, but it's just about funny. Watching people get exasperated that's, that's and, the, and lose their shit. Thank you. I fucking, that is exactly. <laughs> that's why we all watch like TikTok videos and YouTube videos because you want to see people flip out on yeah. stupid shit. <laughs> or my favorite, Red from the Two oh. Bar. Exactly. What the fuck, oh, you motherfucker? Yeah, like you <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, let me speak to how'd you like a kick? You like a kick? Like uh, you that, son of a bitch. Yeah, that, that shit fucking cracks me up. So it would make it. I would fucking. To see Paul look and then catch eyes on you with that shirt on. Oh, and then, dead. you know, the next thing would be right to security and point to you and go get that asshole out of here. I would. That, that's why I would never do it. I'm not that much of a dick. And then <laughs> then your attorney over here would sue kiss. Sue fucking sue Carnival. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Carnival cruise, whatever the fuck we're on. <laughs> All the way through. I hope you throw us off the fucking boat. Okay, so wait a minute. So it sounds like me and you are in cahoots now. You want me to wear the shirt so that I can get thrown off the boat so that you can sue them. (laughs) Yeah, for punitive damages. Exactly. Let's do it. That they're giving me. Let's do it. The Shout It Out Loudcast Legal Defense Fund.com. Sam Small Print Lyman. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Tom, uh, let me uh, take us over to Loudcasters. Okay. Brian Krizel. Great guitar playing, all around good guy. Isn't that the theme, Tom? What us everybody talks about. Yep. Seem to be best friends with Eric Carr from the interviews I heard. Maybe something you guys could ask Carrie sometimes. Raymond Gallus grew up on the originals after listening to the classic Alive album. I make no distinction between makeup and non-makeup eras. Bruce is the greatest guitarist the band ever had. It's no coincidence that Bruce's band set on the Chris Cruise is the highlight of the entire voyage. He was the glue that kept the band relevant for two decades. His guitar playing was so poignant and perfect, regardless of the angle of the song. He could shred you to pieces. No, no, no. Under the gun. Um, Under the gun is it. Under the gun is Mark St. John. Ooh, ooh. Uh, terrify you, hate, unholy, jam, jungle, or melodically rip your heart out forever. Everything to me, 
I think he's trying to say, what's the song, Tom? Every time I look at you. Yeah, not everything to me. Glad to see Bruce finally getting recognition for his fantastic work. Thanks, Raymond. I agree. He's fucking unbelievable. Yep. Gotta love him. Craig Gardner. I don't know who that is, Tom. Okay. He says, get a room. What a sleazy love fest. He's right. It's true. We love Bruce. Yeah. And we are getting a room on the cruise. Woohoo. Neil Hansen. Guys, Bruce Kulik here. Shout it out loud, Cast. <laughs> what a podcast. It's what I listen to when enjoying a stack of flapjacks. Oh, God. Jesus. Michael Murphy. Oh, boy. Enjoyed the Bruce Kulik suck fest. I mean, <laughs> episode. <laughs> you guys must have had to wipe a Peter Northside. Oh. Mess off your respective faces. Jesus, after Michael. you recorded this one, but I guess it's tough to knock an all-around good guy with that kind of track record of excellent work. And mm. Union was an awesome <clears throat> band who put out some great albums. Yep. Wave that flag, Tom! Another great episode, fellas. And Michael, you'll be happy to know I have the Union vinyl that was released on colored vinyl because we all know colored vinyl sounds better. I want when you're in the mood to listen to something orange, I, I pay 50 bucks more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Kelly Jem Blair agreed that Bruce was the best all around replacement in the band. Speaking of replacements, I understand that a Nashville hotel is having to replace the middle <laughs> elevator. Oh, God, the middle elevator. My opinion with the question if Rock and Roll Night was never a great closing song would be I Stole Your Love bombastic closing tune love you guys nice okay i always associate that with with an as an opener for obvious reasons but okay i just want it in the set list i don't care where they play it our buddy sneed rock i have a lot to say about this episode first congratulations on a great episode featuring my favorite and best overall kiss guitarist all right Bruce, bruce kulik I, like many others, became a KISS fan during the non-makeup years. Asylum was my first intro to KISS. So for me, Bruce was always my favorite guitarist. I will take a stand and say that Bruce is easily the best guitarist KISS ever had. Bruce not only could keep up with the shredders of the time, but he also had one foot firmly planted in traditional blues-based rock and roll guitar playing. Now, to answer some questions you raised, Bob had no problem with Bruce being in the band and kept pushing for Bruce to take over as the guitarist of Kiss. I remember reading in a magazine in the past that one of the reasons Gene was skeptical of Bruce being in Kiss is because he sported a mustache. Oh, boy. I remember laughing when I read Bob telling Gene he can shave it off. Also, I always get super annoyed when I hear that Bruce didn't move around much on stage. Bullshit. All we have to do is look at the Animal Eyes Live and see that Bruce was a fine performer. Also, here's a hot take. Bruce carried the band guitar-wise at the time. Oh, yeah. Paul was more interested in being David Lee Roth or Bon Jovi and wanted to dance around more than playing guitar. Good point. Who picked up the slack? Bruce. Anyone who plays in a band, and I do, so I speak from experience, if you're running around and jumping around like Paul did, you're not going to be able to play as accurately as possible something will suffer. So it was necessary for Bruce to ensure he's playing guitar riffs accurately so the show doesn't sound like a mess. Another hot take. I think it's hypocritical of Paul to call Bruce 
Spruce Kulik mm. when it has been said in various interviews that Paul took exception to Vinnie and Mark trying to outdo him on stage. That's a fact. So to criticize Bruce for being the ultimate team player and keeping things solid is total bullshit. Tom, when you ask why Bruce never got the praise other guitarists got in the press is because Kiss was seen as passe, like you said. Yep. So once again, <clears throat> congrats on a good episode on an awesome guitar player. Boom. All right. Thank you. Nice. Our buddy Joe Decker put a video up of him playing forever. Yeah, Fusion Tech. Great job. It sounds really good. Joe's um, the man. Justin Steele. Great episode, guys. Bruce, in my opinion, had a major part in defining the band in defining the band's 80s sound. You could always tell who was playing when you heard an Ace and Bruce solo, which I think is the ultimate compliment. As for the question of the week, there's only one song to end the show. It's Tom's favorite. Let me go rock and roll. Ew. <laughs> if you want to celebrate, there isn't a better ending. Tom over on Instagram, Lee Graham says, great picks. But why this inexplicable craving for flapjacks? Oh, God. Do Rev, grab your flapjacks. New catchphrase. Nice. Over on YouTube. YouTube. Steve Huvane. Love the brief mention of time traveler. Yeah, time traveler. Oof. Also would love to see I'll fight hell to hold you. No. On Kiss Karaoke. Oh, okay. Someone might keel over. <laughs> yeah, you don't want any <laughs> Kiss Cruiser leaving the buffet trying to hit those notes. Oh, man. I can't wait for Kiss Karaoke. Nobody's oh. going to want to do mouth to mouth with somebody with a oh. mouthful of sloppy Joes and Jello. Pew. Ugh. Midnight buffet friggin' pasta. Oof. <laughs> I think that should be another poll. What 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 is in the his cruiser's mouth when he passes out and you gotta give CPR to him? What are you oh. tasting? I tell you right now, we are gonna have to do a poll about what song we have to do on case karaoke on the cruise. We're doing four of them. <clears throat> We're doing what? We're doing what? Four of them. Oh Jesus. Mark Stewart. Speaking of Bruce, Ace loved Bruce. In fact, Ace said, Bruce never stole my solos, note for note. He made them his own. <laughs> and for that, thanks, Bruce. God bless you, brother. Hey, good, luck, good luck, Bruce. <laughs> thanks, Paul. Casada <laughs> told us that, didn't he? Vinny Vinto, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, backstage. with the whole Vinny debacle. Yeah. <laughs> he was backstage yeah. at Creatures, as he said. Fucking Ace is just sitting back, and Bruce's guys, hey, good luck, Bruce. <laughs> it's like walking into the lion's den oh, with that disaster. Mr. Antonio 2005. I realize that the live album songs are not part of this top 10, but Bruce's playing on MTV Kiss Unplugged was my opinion. Some of his greatest playing. And on a side note, if Bruce was a character in the Godfather movies, would he be a better fit in the role of Tom Hagen, Sal Tessio, or someone else? And so, because this is a mailbag issue, 
We'll answer this now. Tom, this time you go first. First of all, he can't be Sal Tessio because Tessio ended up kind of Tom Hagen, loyal, forthright, honest. Tom Hagen was, I mean, you know, even though Michael Colleone treated him like shit. You, Michael, why do you hurt me? Um, Is that your pick? I, I, out of those options? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say okay. I would say. Yeah, uh, my pick is someone else. You know who I think is now, mind you, all these people are murderous psychopaths, right? On the show. Yeah. Is it psychopath or sociopath? Well, it depends. Are we talking about Paul Stanley or somebody from the Godfather? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Dude? You know why I think he is? Al Neary. Dude, Al Neary was like a silent assassin. Al Neary never said much, did his fucking job extremely professional in all three movies. Did what he's told. Awesome guy. Reliable. Uh, so And he was good at his job. So, all right. So, Bruce, you don't think Bruce would be like Johnny Ola? <laughs> no, no, I don't think he's Johnny Ola. And I and I, I don't think he's uh, Paulie either. No. You, you, no. Have, you need something for a coffee? You know, go in there. Some brandy over there. Okay. I don't want to see his fucking face again. Paulie <laughs> sold out the old man. <laughs> Here comes the Godfather. Yep. Oh, boy. Patton Diorama. Hey guys, Pat and D. Oh, he wants me to do in a Bruce voice. Hey guys, Pat and D here. Great breakdown. Bruce's career. Have you guys seen the bit from the Howard Stern show? Gene Simmons versus Alex Jones. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Pete Starrow says, Tom, you guys are a light in this somewhat darkened world. Wow. Is that a lyric from the elder? I don't know. Love Machine 89. Always enjoy your show. Best podcast, period. Cheers from Charlotte, North Carolina. <laughs> nice. Uh, Marty White. Had a feeling Kiss was unwilling to pay much for replacement guitarists. So they hired a couple of half-decent jokers. Then when Marka can, they could afford to hire someone with a longer list of credits. Okay. That's a, that's a thought, you know. And that's all I got, Tom. Over to you. All right. Let's blow through some emails here. Uh, let's see. Mike H. Great show. Bruce is the unsung, underrated hero of 80s, 90s Kiss. One question. How the fuck can you not even mention, let alone pick Shout It Out Loudcast as an alternate closing song? It's the goddamn name of your podcast. Because I'm not a big fan of the song. <clears throat> That's hilarious. I, love I wasn't that. a fan of the name of the fucking podcast either. That's me. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Uh, this one comes from uh, Michael Farrow, Tom and Zeus. Both of you guys had a great mix of hits and rarities on your top 10 versus only sticking to the frequently played songs. I have two honorable mentions. I can't believe neither of you listed. Who wants to be lonely from Asylum with that killer solo and grooving riff? Also from Carnival of Souls, In the Mirror. Yes, I love that song. Bruce tears it up all over that song. The gritty guitar, Paul Strong vocals, and that drum break Eric does toward the end. In the Mirror has to be one of the biggest hidden gems of the Bruce Kulik era. Yeah. Keep up the Marvel-style show endings. I like that. post credit scenes. The show ended 30 minutes ago for me, and I'm still laughing. God bless you, brother. Michael Farrow. Nice. Uh, then we got one from our buddy Rudy Doth, who sends us a picture of him from the A show, and he's wearing a Shout It Out Loudcast zip up hoodie. 
which is awesome. He said, best I could do from the one. So he had a picture taken. He says, the best I could do from the one drunk guy on the street. There was literally <laughs> no one else around when I walked in. That's awesome. Yeah, um, and his and he's up on the website. Like a couple other people uh, sent in uh, photos. Uh, like our good friend, Gabby DeGook. Uh, she, <laughs> her photo got put up. Rudy's got put up. I think yep. someone else's did as well. If you have a photo of you doing anything with a shout out loud cast gear, shirt, mug, whatever, send it to us and let us know that it's okay for us to put it on the website and we'll put it on the website yep. under Absolutely. the Loudcasters page. Uh, and then we got a message sent from our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. We always tell you guys you can message us directly from there. This is from our good friend, Jim Riley. And he says, hey, guys, Jim Riley. This is a really feel-good episode talking about one of my favorite people. Even Zeus tried to diss with the pancakes. Oh, Were you trying to diss the pancakes, Zeus? I was not. What are you talking about? Uh, what are you talking about? I Fortune- was not. <laughs> He says, I was fortunate fortunate enough to talk to Bruce on one of the live things a few times. I'm happy for the fortunes that life has given him and that he created. A mild-mannered guy, but once you put a guitar in his hand, look out. Tom and Zeus, one of my favorite parts of the episode was you both being genuine. And then he ends the message with, yeah, gabbledygook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, gabbledygook. She's fucking insane. She's like a loudcaster of the month. Okay, and then second to last one we got to read here. This is another one from the website. This comes from Mark Brashears. I'm going to read this exactly as he typed it, okay? Fucking, I got to fucking tell you fucking cool motherfuckers, you guys are fucking cool as fucking fuck. You fucking bring me fucking back to when I was fucking 12 fucking years old and fucking used the fucking fuck word every fucking time I fucking could. Fucking keep up fucking trucking fuckers. You fucking who <laughs> fucking don't forget to fucking mention fucking kiss here and there. Fucking peace out, bros. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We don't fucking swear that much. Fuck do that. We? Fucking stupid. I mean, what? That is right. All right. And let's wrap up feedback with longtime listener and fan of the show, Stephen Wood, who gives the most incredible detailed review of his show that he saw in Sydney. Uh, incredible stuff here. Um, he starts off by saying his first impression was that the stage show looked phenomenal. They had those huge statues of the band, huge kiss army banners, great stuff. Uh, then he goes into an incredibly detailed review of each song being performed. Um, this is what we love about you guys. Loudcasters talks about Shandy, of course, cause they're in Australia. <laughs> oh, stop it. And then he ends up with some post show observations. He says, Paul's banter is terrible. It is slow and repetitive. He also says, this is the greatest show on earth. If anyone ever bags out of a band, especially the current lineup, I will just smile. And then this is a really interesting comment right here. He says, I was taken aback by how genuinely naive a lot of the audience seemed to be. They really only knew two songs. I was made for loving you in Shandy and maybe three. If you count rock and roll all night, then this is the first time it struck me. Maybe Paul is right after all. Maybe you cannot diverge and change the set list. Maybe you cannot play deep cuts. Maybe the thing that infuriates us diehards is that it's a bit of tough luck for us in the big picture. Great point. Then he says a couple set list changes I would like to see. Out with Heavens on Fire. In with I Stole Your Love. Out with Say Yeah. In with I When Lightning Strikes. Out with Cold Gin. In with Parasite. Out with Lick It Up. In with Fits Like a Glove. 
out with Psycho Circus and in with Take Me. Then he says, thanks to you guys, as always, for helping to rekindle my love for this band who I've been a fan for most of my life. Your show is really important to me and the rest of the Kiss Army who have discerning taste in podcasts. Stephen Wood. My goodness. Wow. An incredible, incredible email. And thank you so much. And for that, my friend, you are comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> that is so cool. Steven, you've been awesome since the beginning, man. Can't thank you enough. That was so cool. Great stuff. Yeah. Tom, uh, what we do next is we give a shout out to our Patreon members. And Patreon is where people can subscribe, help out the show with different tiers. And uh, we then in turn provide them with some extra content, some uh, merch, some other little goodies. And uh, it's a win-win for all that are involved. The Patreon family, as we like to call them, has been instrumental in the growth of Shout It Out Loudcast. We couldn't do it without you guys. And we can't thank you enough. So if you're interested in helping out the show, as we say, if you always ask, oh, I love these guys. I want to hear more. I want them to do more of whatever. The best way to help us is through Patreon. And you can go to patreon.com, Patreon, the app, or the best place is go to our awesome Shout It Out Loudcast website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. And right on the first landing page, you'll see a link right there. Nice little button says Patreon. Click on that. Read what Patreon's all about. If you're interested, come join and uh, be part of the family. And thank you for everyone that's involved with Patreon. Absolutely. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for all your contributions. You have no idea how helpful they are to the show. Uh, so please, huge debt of gratitude to all you guys. And please check us out. Any prospective patrons out there, check out the app and search for us or go to patreon.com and search for us. And again, thank you to all of our Patreon family members. Tom, what we do next is we discuss what's going on in Kiss World. All right. Well, the big news that broke last week was the official announcement of the Creatures of the Night Super Deluxe box set. Whoa. They went big on this. Um, It's got five CDs, an 80-page hardcover book with liner notes by Ken Sharp, um, it's got press sheets, posters, uh, iron-ons, bumper stickers, other stickers, replica tickets, trading cards, a replica tour program. Um, it's got guitar picks, a patch, buttons. It's incredible. Um, it's got an unbelievable amount of demos, rarities, outtakes. Uh, it's got a proper Creatures Live album, which is probably why... They, you haven't seen any off the soundboard stuff. It's got the show from uh, Sioux City, Iowa, and Rockford, Illinois mixed together. Uh, so it's our first official live release of a creature show. Um, it's got some other bonus live stuff. Then there's a, a disc that has bonus creatures sound effects, like the firehouse, the firehouse siren, uh, the tank, uh, bells, all this kinds of stuff. It, it's it's an incredible, incredible box set. Um, it's a little bit more expensive than a destroyer box set. That was the destroyer was 200. This one is 300. 
Yeah, um, that's the thing that really stood out. A hundred dollars. This is the shit that Kiss does that I annoys don't get me. It. Here's what I here's why. You want to see the precedent? Holy shit, our last Kiss cruise just sold out that fast. Everybody wants to get on it. Hey, uh, let's put a second cruise out. See how that's going. Yeah, that's going really well right now for you guys. Well, I'll bitch about that later. But oh, Destroyer did really well and we sold it for 200 bucks. Everybody's saying what a great package this is and what the cost and everything like that. Great. Let's make it 300 now. What the fuck? I'm going to I hate to do this, but I'm going to. So that includes five CDs. Okay. Oh, instead of four. No vinyl, no nothing. Now. Metallica has been re- releasing box sets, incredible box sets. I have most of them for their their catalog. Okay, the most recent one was the Black Album box set to celebrate the anniversary of the Black Album. Okay, that came with a the album remastered on a double LP and CD, a picture disc, three live LPs, fourteen CDs. Six DVDs and a 120 page hardcover book, along with guitar picks, etc., etc., for $240. Okay. All of that 14 CDs, DVDs, LP, book, bing, less than 250 bucks. Kiss is giving you a box set filled with tons of great little knickknacks and goodies. Five CDs, 300 bucks. And you know what? I bought it and everybody else is going to buy it too. And they my know point, that. My point is Destroyer was the same thing. Yep. With with four CDs. Yep. For $200. And, and 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 then idiots like me that want the deluxe colored vinyl have to shell out an extra 60 bucks because it's not included in the box set. I will say I enjoy the fact that it's not like that because uh, the same thing I bought. Um, uh, You've heard me gush about. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots purple album. So I wanted to buy the deluxe set of that because you can't buy it without. You have to get a, a vinyl. Has You have to buy it. The biggest version of it has the vinyl. Now, what the fuck? I don't collect vinyl. I don't want it, but I have to buy it and I keep it in there now. But if you wanted to get the, the you know most complete version, you have to. So I'd rather have one CD version, one LP version. I'd rather have them separate. No, I, I understand that, but I, I get that. I, I, I totally get that. But I, I just think $300 for a box set that only includes five fucking CDs, that's a ballsy move by Kiss. That is a ballsy fucking move. So, yeah, so they released that box set, tons of awesome merch, Some, in my opinion, some really cool T-shirt design. I'm I'm, I'm into all that shit. I'm, I'm a collector. They Kiss, I, for all the bitching I do, they take all my money. It's okay. I'm, I'm a fan, whatever. Their uh, T-shirts look fucking terrible. Oh, I think they're amazing. I love you, the artwork. You like those? Oh, I think they're awesome. Oh, come on. They could have done so much better. I think they're really cool. I like them. I like the I love it loud one out as the, the eyes glowing from the video. The other one, I don't understand. It looks like it looks like a Metallica t-shirt. It has like, like a Grim Reaper holding like a lantern. I mean, it's pretty awesome, but I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with Kiss? But whatever. Uh, it is what it is, whatever. And uh, in other news, our buddy Paul Stanley got to a cryogenic chamber for some reason and took the most ridiculous picture that some of our lovely listeners photoshopped my head in your head. So it looked like the three of us were in the tank. Yes. Thank you for that. There were a couple people that did that. Yep. 
Yeah, it was funny. I mean, Paul trying to shrinkage of inflammation and everything else. He says, he, he, Paul, you're funny. Um, and of course they banging out the Australia shows. They've blown it up. Australia loves kiss. And from all accounts, including our buddy, Stephen Wood, who sent his email, uh, looks like the, the crowd loved it. The shows were great. Good reviews, a lot of energy. And they arrived in Perth and they'll be playing there on September 2nd. Uh, and then they continue to Brisbane, Australia, the gold coast of Australia. They take a few weeks off. Uh, then they're back in Palm Beach, Florida, and then they do that awesome Louder Than Life festival in September, and then another festival in California, uh, the Aftershock Festival, and they take a few weeks off and get ready to go on the cruise, which is a great segue, Zeus, because I know you have some thoughts. No, I'm just cruise. saying I'm, I'm fucking annoyed. So am with, I. With the we, Kiss Cruise. I agree. So Me too. The go ahead. people that have seniority and got the first cruise and it sold out and went nuts and did it. Now the second cruise that's come on is like half full. They can't do it. They're giving them fucking all sorts of bargains, discounts to fill up that cruise, and they still can't do it. It's bullshit. You took away from the fucking supposed last cruise. So if you're going to give them discounts, what are you giving us? So I know they haven't charged us the uh, drink package, so maybe they should give us the drink package free like they did last time to make up for the fact of the price difference on the first, because this is kind of uh, annoying. I've heard other people trying to cancel and get on the first cruise and pay like half the price. And kiss is like, uh, uh, because remember you got to register. So as soon as you register with six man, they're like, nah, you're not doing this on us. So this is fucking bullshit. Yeah, and I will say this: this isn't just us bitching uh, on the on the Facebook group for the Kiss Cruise and Sixth Man. There's a lot of people uh, saying the same thing, um, and, and and it's right. Zeus brings up a good point. It's kind of bullshit. So because the fir- the the week two cruise that we're on sold out, we get nothing. Meanwhile, they bend it over backwards to like blow people to get them on week one. Oh, refer a friend, you get a four hundred all credit and a three hundred all this and a this and then that. Okay, so. We, we 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 just they just look at us week two people and be like ha ha fuckers we got your money enjoy the cruise like you, what I mean I know they haven't announced anything yet but come on this is kind of a little bit of bullshit especially since we're like repeat cruisers so the other aspect that I like to think is like look we're bitching about it we have a podcast so that means we like to talk we have a kiss podcast it means we like to talk about kiss now am I going to go on the fucking cruise and demand to speak to the manager? Yes, for a refund. I'll uh, yes. kiss Karen. No, but uh, let's be honest, it is bullshit. But you get, you know, you you jump out, you you get what you pay for. Just like as we mentioned, it was a nice little segue from the uh, Creatures Fest box, uh, from the uh, Creatures of the Night box set, where you run out and buy it from Kiss right away. And then, you know, weeks later or something, you buy it for like, you know, 30, 40 bucks less somewhere else. Yep. You, yep. you know, you, you get the, you get the privilege of confirming and getting it first and you pay for that. So I, you know, in a capitalist society, that's what you get. I get it, but come on people, let's, let, let's cut us some slack here. I mean, uh, it's getting, it's getting to the point where it's really hard to not, I, I understand we have a podcast and sometimes we say things and whatever, but it, it's getting hard to really think like, this is not like a conspiracy theory. There's got to be something going on here where Kiss is starting to look at their fans and be like, 
Yeah, we got your money, fuckers. Sit in the back and wait to get on your boat. We need to we need to find a way to lure these people on the boat. So we're going to give them some shit. We already have your money. Tom and Zeus, we you're on the boat. Why are we going to give you anything? We got you. Like it's it's getting it's getting hard to not feel that way. Now the irony of all this, I bought the box set. I'm going on the cruise. You know what I mean? So that's the funny thing. So maybe they're right. They, they are. Well, that's the thing. And I fit right. You and that's and that's right, Zeus. Let let's psychoanalyze it here a little bit, shall we? Are we mad at Kiss or are we mad at ourselves? We're going on the cruise regardless. The whole point of it is you shouldn't give discounts out to one group over another. That's it. That's I all agree. I'm saying. I agree. And if you're going to give discounts to that second group, then you discount the first as well. I so, agree. Whatever. Anyway, that's it for news. Let's get to the topic. And you know what our topic is? More questions. Love it. This is our it. fourth one, Tom. Fourth that's right. Mailbag episode. That's right. Let's get them going. We have to do like the little break. But before we do, uh, I'm going to go complain to the Kiss Cruise uh, director that there's not enough three spot elevators so that Ooh. we can find a middle one to Ooh. occupy on the cruise. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back, and I'm still looking for my discount coupon for the Creatures box. I don't think that's ever going to happen, so I'll pay full price. All right, Tom, our mailbag. This is number four. Yep. Uh, we're uh, these things to get. Uh, <laughs> these are our some of our listeners' favorite episodes because they uh, kind of go off the rail a little bit sometimes, and, and, uh, and, you, and we have no idea. I have no idea what the questions are. You pick them out. And, and these are some of our favorite episodes because it it, it it's unscr- other than knowing the question. It's not like Zeus and I sit down and be like, okay, these are the questions we're going to go over and let's answer them this way. I, I don't, I, I have all the questions like in a folder on my phone, but I don't read them and study them. So I'll I, just be, I don't I'll, even I'll, know them. Yeah. Let's start off with an interesting one only because he's a longtime Patreon mm-hmm. and he's America's favorite real estate agent, Joey Romanick. <laughs> <laughs> which by the way he says uh after at the end of his question he says great show last week and thanks for not calling me a shitty real estate agent <laughs> we would never do that no i think he heard the part i know. i say fucking 99 out of 100 realtors are fucking annoying shit bags but not joey not no, joey he's, he's one of the good ones yeah so he started off his question by uh by having it potentially be a poll option but we're not going to do that. We're going to throw it into our mailbag episode here. So we love these, Zeus. So this should be an easy one for you. Okay. Out of these, what is your favorite Kiss drum solo? Is it Peter Chris on a live with Paul's call and response BS? Peter on a live two or Eric Carr during Animal Eyes Live Uncensored? 
If I had a choice, yeah, what you pick, do? I picked. I would pick none of them. <laughs> I knew it. I don't like drum solos. <laughs> I, I don't get them. I yep. uh, you know uh, leave that to the Joey Casadas of the world. <laughs> I would say uh, I'll take Peter Chris from Alive. Okay, yeah, drum solos are. They're, they're, I think I said this before. The only thing worse than than seeing a drum solo live in concert is listening to one like on, on a CD or a record or whatever. Uh, but that being said, a live two, Ooh. just because it's a live two, I, I, I don't really care for either, for any of these. Uh, Eric Carr is obviously dynamic on animalized live, but I'm, I'm going to take Peter on a live two, just because it's a live two. But Peter on a live one, the way I think about it is the way it leads back into a hundred thousand years. And True. Paul is fucking on fire. True, but True. okay, that's my answer. Okay, uh, then we have one from our friend and fellow ARC member, Sonny Pooney. Oh, question the four original members are reuniting for one full show, assuming that all four members can do it and they can do what it takes to pull off the show. Okay, how far are you willing to travel? To go see it. Mexico, Europe, LA, Australia, Japan. Definitely in the continental uh, United States. That's a definite. Okay. Um, you know, Canada, Mexico. Yeah. South America. Maybe if I can make a trip out of it. Europe, maybe not Asia. I'm not fucking driving, going to Japan. Yeah. It- if it was one show, if it was literally like one show, I would do whatever it took to get there. Like, I don't care where it was. I would do it. Like, obviously it would be a ridiculously priced thing, especially if the show was in like, you know, friggin' Australia or India or something like that. It'd be impossible to get there, but they would me. I'm a bozo. There'd be no limit for me. Yeah. None. Yeah, I I would have it different. It would be difficult. And Europe would be, oh, is it the summer months? Great. So I can do some traveling, do that, and put it in there. But not, hey, you want to go there for Thanksgiving? No. I got you a fucking job. I got a family. <laughs> you don't want to go there for Thanksgiving? Oh, by the way, I'm going at the same time, around the same time on a kiss groups. <laughs> but not for <laughs> one event, you know? Our buddy West Beach. Okay. If Vinny Vincent rejoined the band for revenge, because he wrote a lot of songs for revenge, if he joined the band for revenge, do you think that incarnation of the band still would have done the Carnival of Souls record? And if not, what would they have done? So Vinny's in re- in revenge. Yeah, he's in the band. He's back in the band. He's in revenge. Um. No, I don't think Vinny's versatile enough to do do kind of a grunge album. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think Vinny would have a hard time just doing like like riffs, like crunchy riffs, because Carnival of Souls. There's no noodling on that. Real. I mean, there's some solos, there's some noise stuff, but I don't. I, Vinny would be like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. Then again, Unholy and Hate are kind of similar. Uh, I just I can't see him doing a full album of like grunge type music. No, I can't either. And if he stayed in the band, I don't know what they would go. I, honestly, I think I think if Vinny stayed in the band, if he was in revenge, like, pretending a lot of these things, say, A, Vinny's in the band for revenge, and Vinny stays in the band for the fall. I just think they would pull off like 
revenge part two. Yeah, exactly. I think that, yeah, I think they would just stick to more revenge. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that's a good one, Wes. Thanks, buddy. Well, the other part two you can add is they would have better songs. How dare you? Then Carnival Souls, I, they would have better songs if Vinny was, as the songwriter, they would have better songs. They wouldn't have to go to that grunge route. Mm. Okay. Our buddy Daryl Alber. Oh, fellow Pantheon friend, fellow Jerky Boys friend, oh, fellow Led Zeppelin friend, fellow, fellow friend, two bar red friend. <laughs> That's right. Here's a good one. If Gene's film career had taken off, would Paul have tried to find another demon for the band? So if no. Paul, so if Gene really turned into like a star, quote unquote, on film. Do you no, think Paul I, I, would have finally said, I can't fuck this. You're out. I can't do this. I'm not carrying your water anymore. You're no, out. No, it would be the Paul Stanley band. Okay. And Paul would try acting as well. Because his ego would never allow him. Oh, okay. That's a little bit of a twist. So you think Paul would have tried to, can, you, you think he would have tried to do that? Yep. I don't think there was anything that was, I don't think anything would have pushed Gene out of the band. Yeah. I think, I think Paul. We say this all the time. You say it. Well, you it's you say all the time. Paul's the band. Gene's the brand. They're the yin and the yang. They need each other. Paul would have done everything possible, which he did in the eighties, ultimately to try to save the band with Gene kind of, you know, floundering on the, on the periphery of the band. I don't think he ever would have tried to get rid of him. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Good. Yep. All right. Our buddy Ace Feardy. Okay. If the elder had bid as big a success as the band had hoped, would the band have turned their backs on the 70s era style of music and concentrated more on this style of music that was on The Elder? Yes, because at that point, they were fucking looking for something. So if that was working, they would jump to that. Oh, yuck. I hate to kind of agree with you. So you think they would have turned to like a, like, yes, or Rush, or like a proggy kind of inventive, like art band. Yeah, when Paul talks about, oh, you know, I had people had to listen to this, turn the lights off, and everybody had to shh, put your headphones on and listen to. It. Yeah, you don't think Paul would have fucking believed the hype if people are like, oh my god, this is the Wall Part Two, holy shit! I think ultimately if, you're if, right. If I, the I, Elder I, was big. Paul would have like definitely gone that route. And I think the, I think the bigger thing is what he said, would they have turned their backs on the seventies style? Yes, that would have been gone. I yeah, think that would have, that they already did. Yeah. It went from disco to pop to fucking progressive. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then to like heavy metal, the next yeah. one, four different styles after, uh, after uh love gun. All right. Our buddy, Bill Sharp. Do you think that Kiss could have continued after the reunion tour with just Paul and Gene in makeup and have Eric and Tommy on stage without makeup? Or should they just have had Bruce return and go back to the pre-reunion status of the band? I think Paul and Gene in makeup alone would be ridiculous. I agree. Yep, I agree. I guess the bigger part of this question that I want to focus on, we can, we may have talked about this before, but we've been doing this for a while. We might have some new listeners. So sometimes we like to talk about a couple things that we may have covered in previous episodes. Should they have had Bruce return after the reunion ended? 
oh, wait a minute. So you're saying instead of continue, lost- yeah, instead, instead, instead of have, so they did the reunion. Okay. And, and then, then the farewell. Right. Yeah. And it was a farewell to those two. That's right. And then, saying. and then Eric Singer and Tommy come in and then the, the makeup has stayed on ever since. You think that Kiss could have toured as much as they toured since that last farewell tour with Kiss in non-makeup? No. Fuck no. No. But I but I will say this. Do I wish? Fuck. I wish they did. It was never going to happen. Bruce, they knew it was never going to no, happen. No, but I, I would have loved somewhere in between there. 2015, uh, 2007 or 8 to just do a tour non-makeup. They throw a couple of those tours in once. People would fucking have rushed out to see one time with Kiss again with no makeup, doing their own stuff. Gives them a little bit of a breather. I thought that'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's so many. That is such a weird time in the band's career where so many different things could have happened. I have no. I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying of all the tours they've done. After they did the last album tour, which was Monster, why couldn't they have done one tour without makeup? I mean, they've done, they've been touring fucking basically since they got back together and kicked oh, the other two out. Absolutely, of course. Right? So they yeah. couldn't have fit two tours in there? Yeah. Like, let's say, hey, we're bringing back Eric Singer and Bruce Kulick and just doing fucking, you know, 90 style kiss tours. But if they're selling, maybe not, they're not selling out. What, but if, what's but, Tommy going to threaten to walk? <laughs> Tommy has no say in it. Tommy's the only one not in there. So fucking help us be a tour manager while Bruce plays. There's got to be a reason why they didn't want to do that. There's yeah, got to be the money they make with the kiss makeup. Yeah, but you could still sell fucking Dude, kiss not makeup even shit. Fucking close. You don't think some fucking like Doc McGee. Or anybody else came to him and goes, this is our projections with this. This is what the promoters are paying us without the makeup. Which okay. one do you want? All right. So guess, so guess, so if that's the case, guess what that means? That means that Paul and all of his t- chatter, Paul is proving what he's been trying to disprove for 50 years is that it's the image that matters, not the songs. At this point, they're a nostalgic band. They're no, not no, no. putting out new I, albums. I so understand if you see the nostalgic band. You want to see them as they were, as they but, are, as you know them. But but Paul Paul always tries when he talks about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, those records didn't Paul's, have those Paul's those records like. didn't have fire and bombs. Those records had yeah, music. It's part on of them. the shtick. No, though, I, no, no, no. I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate. Paul is acknowledging that in order to sell tickets and sell out arenas and sell merch, the crowd. This is a nostalgia act. Go listen to fucking. Uh, Rick Nelson, Ricky Nelson song, Garden Party. He spells it all out for people. As soon as they saw him with is. long hair, you don't know, you don't know don't, Garden don't, Party by. I know who Ricky Nelson is, but yeah, 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 because everyone knew him as the Fifty Star. So he did one of those like jamborees with a bunch of other artists. Okay, and when he when Chuck Berry came out, they were like, Chuck Berry's doing the duck walk and everything. Like that. Yeah, and all of a sudden he has like a seventies like a country rock band, long oh. hair and all stupid shit. People were like. Dude, what the that's fuck not is fucking Rick Nelson? What the fuck is that? Right, right. Like, and he got booed in Madison Square yeah, but, Garden. Yeah, but Kiss wouldn't get booed if they came out with Eric Singer and My Bruce Kulick. Point Kulik. is, like, if you're being a nostalgic act, you gotta be the nostalgic act. You can't go out there and be Kiss in makeup and play that set and that stuff. No, and I know that, I, and then come out and do uh, all night in flashy fucking. Uh, why not? 
fluorescent <laughs> pink shorts. But I wish they did, though. Well, maybe not in shorts, but we may. But promoters selling this are going to say, fuck no. Okay. This comes from our buddy. This is from, submitted through our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. Our good buddy, Steve Warsap, big fan of the show since day one. Uh, this is a multi-tiered question, but I'm just going like to stick four with four fucking Steves. I can't keep up with them. This is the, this is porno, Steve. Okay. <laughs> Dirty Steve. <laughs> when kiss finally call it a day in history writes about them. Do you think that their legacy will be spoiled by the lack of material that they have released over the last half of their career? And the fact that they have been living on past glories. So they haven't released anything since monster, which came out. What? No. That? What was that? Oh, nine. No, because they're a touring legacy. What's the last song? Jimmy Buffett fucking was a hit. Ugh, what was the yuck. last song? Steve Miller band. Do you remember in the, in the nineties, we were in college, still those big tours were Steve Miller band and fucking, uh, what's his face there? Jimmy Buffett. They haven't had yeah. a, they haven't had a, a hit song in the fucking since the seventies. <laughs> and they're just doing the nostalgic act. That's what they do. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't I, yeah, I, I think. I think they. they there's such. There's such a legacy act. I don't think it's going to matter. No. I mean, I don't think it'll matter because although it is funny because we didn't talk about this in the news, but speaking of Paul making that comment again about you know writing new music and blah 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 blah, they right now they are a full blown cruise control nostalgia legacy act. Same set list. Same show. In and out every night. That's it. That's yep. what they do. Yep. Yep. Another one from our website. This comes from John Pahalovich. He says, how do you think the whole history of the band would have been if they never wore makeup? Who? Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> I that- don't know. Maybe they would have made it. Maybe they would add a song here and there. I think that's they the go best. together. They go I, together. I think that's the best way to answer that question. Unfortunately, is the gimmick was the thing that got them started. The the makeup, the show. Uh, I hate to say it because we all admit that they wrote some amazing songs, some catchy songs, but uh, that, that's a tough one to see what would have happened if they never had makeup. Okay. So I, I like to think about it this way. It's like the gorgeous woman who happens to be extremely kind and extremely smart. You got, she got your attention by her looks, but she kept it because she had talent behind it. She's a nice person. She's, she's smart. It's this and that kiss is the same thing. They got your attention with that shit, but they better have something to back it up because after you see them better yet, fuck them. You're like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to fucking deal with this shit anymore. They're boring. Unless you're like Kevin Jepson or something, you just keep going back. <laughs> oh boy! All right, here comes one. Another one from. Oh, our by website. the way, Tom, oh. that I'm going to answer that question that I posed next Saturday. No, I'm just uh, on Loudcasters. I I posted. I said, "Who brought up the fart spray with me?" That'd be Kevin Jepson. Of course, it was. Nobody guessed was. him. Everybody thought it was Matt Wallace. No, that's hot, hot, hotter than piss. (laughs) 
Uh, and this, this one comes from a Twitter DM. This is from Nicholas Caruso from the right between the eyes podcast. We mentioned them before we mention them again. Great show. Great guys. Um, he says the, the show continues to be outstanding. Tom and I share a fascination for bootlegs in terms of audio or video. What would be your Holy grail in terms of audio or video that the band could officially release? Palladium. Okay. Um, or winterland. For me, it's always, it's always been winterland. Now that's kind of died out over the years for me because it's on Kissology. I have an incredible vinyl bootleg of the concert in winterland. That sounds pristine. It's one of the best bootlegs I own. Um, an, an official release. I mean, for sentimental reasons, probably my first show that I saw the hot in the shade, the hot in the shade tour. I mean, I have a, I have a bootleg from the hot in the shade tour too. That sounds okay, but an official hot in the shade release. I mean, cause alive Two, you know, the alive Two love gun tour, you know, we have a live two for that. We're getting the off the soundboard Des Moines. That's 1977. That's the alive two tour as well. So I would probably want something. I'd probably want something off hot in the shade. I think just, just, I'm going to say something. My, my, per, my personal. Yeah, go ahead. Is there the only ones that kind of work for me are the 78 through 82 or 83 kind of live because they're playing a lot of different songs. Okay. For me, every fucking live album or, oh, they're releasing this album has at least like, I'm thinking at least 10 of the same songs on whether it's fucking Love Gun era, whether it's fucking Creatures, whether it's like, it's the same 10 songs. I agree. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but going to get a fucking... Oh, they played Dynasty all the way through. Plus, they sang a couple of the extra songs. Like, you're not getting anything unique. Yeah, but it's a legacy band song. like that. But a legacy band like Metallica is the same thing. You can ch- you can write off eight to ten songs that they're going to play on every single show because that's they that's their legacy. They're, that's what they do. I know you. Mean- you think the Stones concerts all throughout their career? You're gonna like that. No matter where you go, you're gonna have the same 10, 15 songs. No way. Honestly, like I, this I, band. I, I don't know enough about the stones. No, no, not like this band. Yeah. No. No, I know. I, 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 but at least, at least on, on the Hot in the Shade tour, you heard some stuff from Lick It Up. You heard stuff from Hot in the Shade album. I mean, you since still they put you, the, since they put the makeup back on, right? Oh, same, same songs. Okay. So they played roughly about 25 songs. Yep. Probably, I don't know, 25 to 30 at most. Yep. Okay. I don't know in Kiss's life. How many songs have they played of the 200 or 300 songs? Right. 50? Oh, no. Yeah, 60 we looked songs. I think we looked at this maybe one it was either during a tour episode or something and we're like, yeah. Yeah, this tour was in like 2003. It's the same friggin' set list they're doing now on the end of the road tour. So every one of these albums you get, every one of these live things. Here's God of Thunder, here's Love Gun, here's Detroit Rock City, here's Rock and Roll All Night. Here, shout it out loud. Here's yeah. that, like, I'm fucking black diamond. I'm tired of this shit. But I think eventually what you're hoping for is just a, a, like a, a different sounding show. Do you know what I'm hoping for? Then fucking put a box set of the Kiss Cruise out there. 
because those are the only fucking times you're going to hear song, certain songs. They wouldn't. I that that being said, I have a bootleg of of the Kiss Cruise show on yeah. vinyl. But the, the the kiss is never going to officially release that because they want it to be exclusive for. They don't want that Why, being out there. Be gone. They're not performing anymore after this. No, oh, Jesus Christ! Right? Here's a good one from another Steve on Twitter. Oh, this is uh, this is a good one. I can answer this in one word. Do you think Monster would have been better if they had gotten a big name producer? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, I do. I mean, so you it. just <laughs> yeah. So so that because it's not Paul. Okay, I say absolutely not because the songs are terrible. There is a production problem with that album. Absolutely, of of course, it's like it hurts your ears. But with the exception of maybe two songs, three songs at the max, terrible, terribly written songs, bad songs on that album. I think somebody would have fucking helped them pick out the songs and work on the songs to make them better. And I think that the production is bad. I think it bleeds. You can't hear instruments. They all you bleed can, together. That's what, right. So if we're stri- if we're talking strictly production sound engineering, keeping the exact same set list or the same, uh, the same track list. Yeah, that would I, even help. I, I don't think anybody could have helped that. Oh, I do. I think it would have sounded better. They could have made it sound better. Oh, yeah. But but to me, the songs are still terrible. Dude, I think I, I, I can tell, and I'm not a fucking musician. The reason I can tell is because every time I have to edit an episode and I have to find songs and I find the songs from Monster, it's yep. one big fucking block. Yep. Meaning like there's no up and downs. There's no, oh, here's a couple cymbal taps. Here's the fucking rhythm guitar. This is where the bass part. It's all all the way across. Bullshit. Yeah, no, it's bad. I know. All right. Our buddy, I love it louder. Yeah. What are the top four songs? This is his question. You can pick two, three, four, five. That you would want to hear personally, Zeus added to the end of the road tour. So you go, so, so you, so you go, you go see them and you get your own personal pick of a set list. Okay, so I guess I would say this: Are we going by the set the parameters? Are we going by the band that's now or the band for that? I wish there are no parameters. Just four songs that you want them to play. Oh come on! I, I would say fucking P- a Peter Chris thing. Like you know what I mean? I mean no, no, no. But like, it, okay, let let me let me clarify so, the parameters. Uh, songs that that ha- that would have a chance of being played live that maybe they played live on another tour throughout their career. Not, not friggin' that's the kind of sugar Papa likes. So I'm not going to play that. Read the question again. One more time. Top four songs. You'd want to hear them play that are not in the current set list. All right. So then I guess it is saying pick whatever yeah. the fuck you want. Yeah. And pick whatever band you'd want. Um, I would probably go with, um, Peter singing Mainline. Ooh, all right. Something we'd never fucking ever hear or see. Um, Nowhere to Run. Nice. Um, Mr. Speed. Yep. Um, I guess I would probably add, and I don't know how he would do it, Turn On The Night. Ooh, okay. So, yeah, Mainline, Peter singing it. Nowhere to run, turn on the night, Mr. Speed. Okay. Um, I would have also nowhere to run. I would have Gut Love for Sale, because Gene, great song. They've never played live. 
I would go with Lover All I Can, besides Come On and Love Me, which, you know, I think I've heard them play live on one of the tours. Lover All I Can, incredible song. And then oh, I would probably go really off the radar and try to get Paul to sing something from his solo album, like Tonight You Belong to Me. Wow. Because I think that's a kiss, kiss like song where he could pull that off. Uh, if we do that, I'd go, it's all right. But yeah, okay. I see your point. I okay. see your point. Yeah. Oh, I see your point. Oh, I see your point. All right. Let's do a few more here before we wrap this up here. Yep. Brian Krizel. Let's say that Eric Carr did not pass away and was still replaced by Eric Singer. Once the reunion happened, do you think Eric Carr and Bruce could have made a successful band? Yes. By in, in the measure I would use, like, could they have a couple albums that people like now, but they wouldn't have made it past the 90s? I think Eric Carr and Bruce could have absolutely made a friggin'. Actually, I wish that happened. I mean, God love Eric Carr. I think they could have easily done that. I mean, Bruce continued with with a career doing like some union stuff in the late nineties and then having his actual Bruce Kulik yeah, career. Union wasn't fucking doing anything. No, no, no. I, union wasn't I'm, doing any business now. But, but what I'm saying is, unfortunately, it wasn't doing anything, but it's a good record. And, yeah, and I, think, I, I said, yeah, but I prefaced that. I said, like, right. I think they could have made a great album. Now, right. in retrospect, we'd look back and be like, oh, that was awesome. Like I think what nobody think was could, making it in the nineties. No, I think, I think they could, I think they could have made a record that potentially could be regarded as like one of the greatest kiss family member albums. And that's the badlands debut that people fucking absolutely worship. I think Eric Carr and Bruce are that, that talented. Eric could write songs. Obviously he's a banger of a drummer and Bruce is fantastic. So that that's a dream scenario right there. Yeah. Um, but then he kind of falls up the question a little bit. He says, would there have been an outcry for an Eric Carr reunion? Like there was with, with, with Peter coming into the band. I think we get that question a lot. Like, was there, like, would, would there ever have been an opportunity or would to have Eric Carr, like in the Fox makeup? I don't see it. I, it's a I th- business I think standpoint. They're going to yeah. want to stick to those four fucking things you know? and i think i think the problem too unfortunately for eric carr is that the makeup albums that he were in were just terrible terrible sellers i mean except for creatures which is a, a cult favorite but you know he did unmasked he did creatures killers. he did yeah, killers and the elder so those didn't really have anything w- would we have loved it yeah of course we would have loved it um great question brian thank you all right and we'll wrap up with this one from our good friend and Patreon buddy, Nige Savage. Regardless of your thoughts on vocal tracks, if the vocal track technology did not exist, would Kiss still be a viable live band or would they have fully retired because they would have had to acknowledge Paul's vocal limitations? So this question assumes that there's some vocal track trickery going on right now with the show. I think they might like do something where he has like some background singers helping him out a little and they would lower the track, the, the amount of tracks he does. Yeah. I, I, so this is not obviously kiss, but last year I saw the Genesis reunion with 
my wife and my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law, huge Genesis fans. So Phil Collins is the primary vocalist in Genesis. God love him. He's dealing with some real physical ailments and disabilities where he can't drum. He sits up front, his son drums, his son's fucking off the charts as a drummer. But the band had a lot of, had over to the side, they had background singers. And they kind of lifted up Phil when he was struggling. There was no tracks. You could, you could absolutely, because you could hear when Phil was struggling, you could hear some of those notes that might be, that weren't hit perfectly. But the way that those backing singers kind of lifted him up and kind of quote unquote helped him, I think we acknowledge, as fans, we acknowledge the fact that we love Genesis. We love Phil Collins. He's struggling, but he's out there doing the best he can. He's getting a little help, but he's getting like natural help. So I th- I don't think anybody had a problem with it. And I think it kind of added to the show. The problem with that is I don't think Phil Collins has the ego that Paul Stanley does. And Paul Stanley is not going to allow background singers to stand next to him and lift him up. Yeah, that could be true. I just, I mean, didn't Night Ranger do that when the drummer like was having difficulty? I believe so. I think and the saw, band I, helped him out. Band, we thought band, it was pretty cool. Yeah, but but you're right. But that's see, that's cool. The band actual singers lifting up somebody that might be struggling, I think is great. I just don't think Paul, I just don't think Paul would ever do that. I just don't because that, that's, that is a visual representation to the, everybody in the crowd that I can't sing anymore to Paul. You know what I mean? And I don't think he's going to do that. Yeah. All right. That's, that's mailbag number four. You guys are amazing. We got a ton of questions that we did not get to. So thank you for that. But we read questions every week. So if we didn't get to your question tonight, we will absolutely eventually get to it. So thank you for everybody who contributed to mailbag number four. I cannot believe we just did number four. That's incredible. So before we continue, let's get in here with our question of the week advertiser. But we just did mailbag. So are we going to do question of the week? We'll find out after we read a little thing about our buddy Joe Decker and Fusion Tech. Fusion Tech is a recognized communications contractor specializing in the in the construction, splicing, testing, and documentation of all types of fiber optic networks. Along with that, Fusion Tech Electric can service all your electrical construction needs, commercial, industrial, and utility, as well as electrical substation work and all UPS and DC power plant installation. Fusion Tech currently operates throughout the five boroughs of New York City, as well as New Jersey and the tri-state area, providing union labor with IBEW Local 3 in New York and IBEW Local 164 and Local 102 in New Jersey. For more information about Fusion Tech, visit their website at fusiontech-llc.com or call them at 973-650-1357. Yeah, Fusion Tech. Woo! Yeah. Tom, you want to lead us off? Yeah, so what we do here, when we do the mailbag episodes, instead of question of the week, me and you take turns asking each other questions to see what's going on here. So, here's one for you. Next year will be 45 years since the release of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. The band, especially Paul, try to pretend this didn't exist, okay? But they're also not stupid, and they know that fans want things which equals money. Is there any way on earth that the band acknowledges the 45th anniversary of kiss meets the Phantom of the park? No. 
Like not even like a t-shirt because it's not the band. It's the record label. They're not going to do shit for them because the only one interested in this would be kiss fans. Nobody else. Yeah. But who else is interested in the creatures of the night box set? Still music. Yeah. A lot of music fans. Okay. That are like, you know, kiss is one of the bands I like, but they're not buying fucking a decorative 45th anniversary of with fucking extra deleted scenes of Phantom of the Park. I am. Yes, because we're all kiss tards. That's all. That's why we do it. I know. I just, ah, uh, it's just, it's so annoying. I want, cause this Phantom of the Park stuff out there. I mean, the, the, the shirt that I got, but that's not a kiss thing. It's, you know, I don't know. I just, I just hate when the we we say this all the time. I hate when the band kind of shits on their own stuff, you know. And 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 that is such a beloved thing, even though we all know it's a joke and it's ridiculous. But ah, I don't know. We'll see. We can only hope. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I I don't think there's money to be made in that. I think it's such a niche within the, the Kiss fandom that yeah. I just don't see him doing it. What if they released uh, a colored vinyl of Rip and Destroy? <laughs> yeah. But like what they could do if they were smart about it is release the original motion picture soundtrack. Yeah, uh, there you go. Put a nice little fucking decorative little thing. Yep. Open it up. It's like a soundtrack for the for the TV show. Yeah. And then you could get the DVD, the CD, the, like all this stuff, a la- uh, an actual vinyl. Oh. Yeah, now you you're do talk- lots with it. Now you're talking, but, but it won't happen. Not, but they're not going to. <laughs> they, no, just, they won't. They yeah. won't. I know. All right, Tom. Mine's going to be about music. Okay. Okay. Tell me which song has not been played live that you wish each member would do live. Ooh. It's never been done live. Well, I don't have that information at my fingertips but i can guess because i don't want some friggin' loud cast to be like Do you know they played that in friggin' maryland in 1978 <laughs> i doubt it i know so you're saying a song for each of the member to sing mm-hmm. mm, okay i feel like it's a little cheating off the last one we did that's okay that's okay I- I'll-, I'll mix it up i, I would want gene to play i, I want to hear charisma absolutely gene do charisma okay i mean i did mention gut love for sale but i want to kind of mix it up uh those are my two gene deep cuts that i'd give anything to hear uh for paul i'd probably want to hear him play something off of hot in the shade maybe something from our trifecta that we always talk about the silver spoon king of hearts you love me to hate you one of those uh for ace i'd like to see him pull something out of his solo album maybe speeding back to my baby you know, because okay. I know he, I know he does rip it out right now on his on a solo tour. I know he did New York Groove when he toured on the Dynasty he's, tour. He's done speeding back to my baby, but I, I'm in Kiss. I'm not sure. I don't think so. For Peter, that's a that's a little bit tricky because his he doesn't have. I mean, I know I think they threw in Hooligan a few times on the Love Gun Alive two tour. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. He, he doesn't there's not a lot to choose from there i guess i would probably go i don't know if i'd want anything off a solo album as much as i am a fan of that album i'd probably i'd probably go because i love dynasty let's stick with another dynasty song i go dirty living okay yeah um for well, don't you answer you answer that one okay booger so <laughs> i would say 
Paul, I'll try to say something that obviously wasn't in the previous uh, conversation that we just did. Uh, let's go with, so for me, I would probably say, Peter, I'll, I'll take baby driver. Only I think he's ever done that. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good one. Okay. Baby driver for Peter for, uh, ACE. I would love to hear him try. I know you don't like it, but, uh, save your love. Oh, I don't mind that. It's just a chorus. Now you're gone. <laughs> so long. Uh, for Paul, ah, if he ever pulled out danger, oh, creatures of the night, what's the matter with you? Oh, I would be in danger. I would fucking love it. Oh boy. Yep. I love that song. Danger. Danger. Will Robinson. You know, what's funny. All the railing I give about creatures of the night being overrated. I bought fucking pretty much all of those fucking things they put out for the anniversary i'm such a dope <laughs> yes i had no excuse I'm, I'm my own worst enemy for gene i would go in the 80s i'd go with something like uh i don't know good dance girl. all over your face no good girl gone bad oh there you go okay yeah so okay. i think i would do that okay nice i'd love to hear that yeah yeah tom why don't you tell people where they can find us you can find us on our wonderful, awesome website, shoutoutloudcast.com. It's your one-stop shopping for all things Shout Out Loudcast. You got all of our episodes there, all of our album review crew episodes, the Zeppelin Chronicle episodes, all of our rankings. Everything's on there. There's links to our merch. You can get some awesome Shout Out Loudcast merch that we love seeing people buying sweatshirts, T-shirts, coffee mugs, all that stuff. It's great. You can click right on there. Uh, you can go and also visit our friends on their websites and their podcasts. You can check out all that stuff. Lots to look at on our website. And of course, our email, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And we're all over the social medias out there, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. We're everywhere. And uh, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms where if you, whenever you listen to a podcast, we're there. So check us out. And uh, of course we mentioned our wonderful Patreon family, please check out patreon.com or download the app and look for us. And as we mentioned earlier with our buddy, Daryl Albert, we're part of the awesome Pantheon podcast network of shows, tons of great shows, all different genres of music, check out their website and you'll find something that you will enjoy besides us. Tom, people can DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Try to DM us at Shout It Out Loudcast. <laughs> yeah, not do our that. Own, not our own personal. Uh, but regardless, we love the DMs. You can subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube. channel. Uh, I believe we're close now to 800. We're going to get to that magical 1,000 soon enough. So make sure you subscribe. We really appreciate that. And you can give us one of those five-star child reviews on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Podchaser, anywhere you find them. And they're very big help to us. So we really appreciate those. And I can't thank you enough when you do give us one of those five-star reviews. We actually read them as well. Uh, We always like to repeat the website, shoutitoutloudcast.com. 
Shout it out loudcast.com. Tom has mentioned that's where you can get all of the shout out loudcast merch, t-shirts, whatever you like. Make sure you take a photo of you with it. Send it to us. Let us know. We'll throw it on the website. You can see all our rankings, all our episodes, everything we break down, even the You Make Me Rock Hard segment, Tom. We That's have right. a list of everything that we've recommended over time. Mm-hmm. So make sure you visit the website. You can use our, you can subscribe to Patreon. You can use our Amazon store. All that stuff is very helpful to us. And don't forget, you can always email us at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Tom, what we do is we end these shows with famous last words. Do you have any? Of course I do. Well, of course I do. Of course and I you do. know what it's like to be hurt. Of course I, I hate that. I hate that. I saw her standing there across the room. A glass of wine and some sweet perfume. Next thing I knew, she was standing right next to me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's a song. You'd be surprised as much as I shit on Monster. I love Take Me Down Below. Oh, so good. I'm the gift and giver. (laughs) Not a woman mistreater. You know that is no one else. You can have me just one time, baby. Nice. She said, baby, I'll give you a chance because I'm nice. Burning up with crabs. Oh, God almighty. Pew. Yuck. Burning up with uh what's he say? Uh no, five issue not my dick. <laughs> let me get let me understand you're getting a burning sensation when you urinate. Uh no, doctor, five shoot up my dick. <laughs> well, let me get this straight. You got a burning <laughs> sensation when you urinate. <laughs> uh burning up with fever. Oh, love anyway, it. Anyway, uh Tom, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Guys, thank you so much for all of the questions. We appreciate it. Love the interaction. Uh, and we'll get to all of them eventually. But uh, thank you guys for everything. Zeus, as always, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. And your man get real cold on you. Say some shit like, why don't you shake your ass home? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.